Hello again, everyone. Thanks for joining us on localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm your host, Tim Muma, and this is Technically Speaking, where we examine the various ways technology does impact business. Now, you may have noticed online advertising has taken a seriously direct approach when you're perusing the internet, but many wonder if this has true value and staying power. Our guest, Mike Smith, dives into this world with his book, Targeted, How Technology is Revolutionizing Advertising and the Way Companies Reach Consumers. Now, Mike is a vice president at Hearst Magazine's Digital Media and the former president at Forbes.com. Mike, thanks for coming on the show today. Tim, thank you for having me. Well, let's start right at the heart of the matter. When we think of technology, most people think of the internet and, of course, online advertising. How big really has it gotten and how has it developed over the last 10 years to get to this point? Well, digital advertising, which I would characterize as having started approximately 20 years ago, internet digital advertising Mm -hmm. has become big business. In 2013, as reported by eMarketer, digital advertising in the form of search engine marketing, paid search, the area of digital advertising that Google dominates, was in the United States a $20 billion market. Wow. Digital display advertising, sometimes loosely called the banner business, banner oh, yes. display advertising, <laughs> $18 billion marketplace in the United States. And both search and display are growing at, at very uh, rapid and accelerating rates. Display advertising is now bigger. In 2013, that $18 billion of display advertising plus search, digital advertising is now bigger than either broadcast TV or cable TV, Hmm. not combined, but in terms of television advertising, when broken out by those two major categories, digital advertising is bigger than each. Now, of course, technology has played a big role in that, but have there been other contributing factors that have led to digital advertising being so impactful and being such a big business now? Yes. I mean, the the book that I just published, Targeted, profiles not only the technological innovations, but the people who conceived of them, along with the people who made each into big business. So entrepreneurship around technology, but also entrepreneurship around reinventing media businesses, Mm -hmm. both played a very material role in growing this sector of advertising. So do you think that the individual consumers have changed as well? Is it a matter of the TV side, maybe not keeping up with the online portion? What would you say is uh, are the factors there when it comes to the consumers themselves? The consumers in the digital landscape have a couple of benefits, evolutions worth noting. One is we as consumers, we're no longer restricted to set schedules. Hmm. So we're not restricted to the the daily paper or the monthly magazine nor the primetime television or the availability during primetime of the shows that we want to watch. The internet, digital media, it's changed all that. So now there are far more shows to watch, far more publications to read. So the number of websites, as an example, has proliferated the scale with which consumers can spend their time in the media segments of their choice. It's it's reached really uh, huge proportions. And what that means for advertising is that there are uh, way more touch points now to to connect and engage with consumers. 
but one needs to know how to operate the technologies to reach the target segment of interest, the audience segment that's of, of the most uh, interest to the, the advertiser. Where does social media come into play with this? Obviously, many people are connected in those ways, and that's oftentimes interacting with other people they know. But of course, plenty of opportunity to advertise there as well. Has that become a big portion of this, or is that still on the smaller scale? That's huge now. Facebook is a huge advertising platform for so many of the big brands that are mainstay advertisers on television and on traditional print platforms. So Facebook's huge. Twitter's becoming huge as well. Pinterest, much anticipated opportunities there for advertisers. And other social media companies like Instagram, Mm -hmm. which now becomes part of uh, Facebook's product catalog, or YouTube, the social video network, which is and has been for quite a while part of Google's. Social's huge and growing. Now, of course, with the online aspect of it, uh, you know, as you mentioned with the title of the book, Targeted, there's so much of that with the search engines. Or even if I look up something, I read an article, and then all of a sudden I see an ad now for something that seemed to be in that article that I just read. Do you anticipate any backlash from consumers for that, that maybe that's just a little invasive and a little really just creepy at times that, say, a particular topic just pops up? And even if I go to a different computer, or I go on my phone and these advertisements are just right there. Do you see any issue with that or people being concerned with privacy or that invasiveness? Yes. And those concerns are being expressed already in the form of Federal Trade Commission. I'm not going to say oversight, but there's more than an appeal on the part of the Federal Trade Commission here in the United States Mm -hmm. to have the industry self-police. And there have been real efforts on the part of the industry through industry groups like the IAB, the Internet Advertising Bureau, or uh, the group that was formerly known as the OPA, the Online Publishers Association, to address the uh, consumer privacy concerns. I dedicate and targeted a a full chapter to privacy, and I uh, illustrate with examples how tracked we truly are today Mm -hmm. in digital on the internet and through our mobile devices. And I try to illustrate how what we as consumers regard as typically regard as the crown jewels of of our personally identifiable uh, information, like a social security number, is not required, for example, to still thoroughly track you. So I introduce a concept in the book that's referred to as identifiably personal information, IPI, as opposed to PII, where you don't necessarily need the crown jewel identifiers to still very effectively track a consumer. Mm -hmm. And that IPI system is a creation of an entrepreneur named John Taysom out of the UK. And and John is working with Harvard University on a variety of privacy-related initiatives. But the short answer to your question is it's a huge concern. It's a concern that's been expressed in different venues, including litigation. And it's today not been fully resolved, frankly. Sure. But it's an important issue. Along those same lines, I saw a blurb about the book that mentioned technology with all the ability to track, obviously, that it brings about a certain fairness and transparency to an ad's worth. Can you explain that a little bit and why you see that as being the case? I dedicate four chapters in the book to what in digital media is called real-time bidding, RTB. Right. And RTB is the centerpiece 
technological innovation that I attempt to describe in some detail because I believe that it is the game changer. It's the thing that changes advertising for everyone forever. And what it is essentially, if I can take a moment to try and describe it as best I can, when a consumer is going to a web page, okay, whether a web page on their desktop computer, on their laptop, on their tablet, on their smartphone, while they're waiting for that page to be rendered in their browser, or on an app on an iPhone, for example. In the moment they're waiting for the page to render, unbeknownst to most of us, there is an auction being conducted. And the auction is inviting hundreds, sometimes thousands of advertisers to bid in that moment while you're waiting for the page to load for the opportunity to serve you an ad. And all the bidders, the hundreds or even thousands of bidders, they have been tracking you on the internet to a high degree or a low degree, but the smarter bidders have been thoroughly tracking you and they've got a pool of advertisers that at any given moment would have a, an interest in advertising to you and paying a certain price in that moment in that context. Hmm. And a bid is placed at that moment in that context that the advertiser's buyer feels is a fair price at the moment. And that's fundamentally what I mean, that the advertiser gets to bid for you in the moment, at the moment, right. a fair price that they're willing to pay to put an ad in front of you then. And that's, that's paradigm shifting because media has historically been bought weeks or months or, or sometimes a year in advance. Mm -hmm. Take the case of the television upfronts, obviously, as the big example. And real-time bidding changes that because real-time bidding invites advertisers to bid for you in the moment and pay the price or bid the price that you feel the user's worth at that very second, literally. I have to say that's a little bit of genius, a little bit of crazy in my view, and a little bit a little bit creepy and scary, as I said before. But I, I think, of course, anybody can recognize the value in it and, and why it makes sense. Now, when it comes to that real-time bidding and being able to do that, is that something where organizations are going to need to have people literally in that role for themselves? Or is this all outsourced to companies that are doing this? How does that all work? And do you see that changing? I do see a changing in the present. I see more companies hiring folks to uh, do the function that, that I and then you kind of describe together, for sure. But it's a function that also benefits from an expert outsourced organization. Sure. So like many functions, it's in organizations, sometimes the dom it's important that the it's strategic, so the domain expertise at some level needs to exist inside the organization. But at the same time, that individual or set of individuals needs the assistance of experts who are focused on it and only it. And so it's best illustrated by watching the trend, certainly at media companies and advertisers and ad agencies, mm -hmm. to hire data scientists. The data scientist plays a critical role in the function that I just described, because it's data that provides the buyer, the bidder, the opportunity to make a quick appraisal on what to bid. Right. So it's very quantitative science, and increasingly companies are hiring PhDs in statistics, and Hearst is no exception to that. Hearst has a growing department of folks who have those skills. That is fascinating. I mean, just that transition a little bit, but as you said, it may be valuable still to outsource in a lot of cases. In talking about this, you mentioned the long-term planning that needs to be done for, say, television advertising. And then you have things like DVR and obviously on-demand TV, and, and people don't have to be, for lack of a better term, stuck seeing these advertisements. Do you see TV advertising in general as being 
more of a waste of time and money for companies? Does it still have value in very specific situations, say the Super Bowl or or larger events? How would you break down broadcast advertising? Because I do feel people still see that as being number one and not understanding this real-time idea that you've talked about. I regard television advertising as a very high value for a multitude of reasons. Okay. I should start with the fact that TV is remains the place to accumulate reach at scale quickly. Sure. And that goes beyond a Super Bowl example, but the Super Bowl is obviously the perfect example. Right. But the acquiring reach and having the opportunity to tell a story hmm. to that large audience, which, which a 30-second commercial often does. It's a very creative development process. And the format of television advertising is creative one and, and a very empirically measurable one too. But as the technology for set-top box data collection continues to evolve, and it has indeed for a long, long time, the set-top boxes and the smart TVs that we today use that haven't yet reached, in the case of smart TV, full penetration, right? Uh, But in time, it will. Mm -hmm. These technologies are empowering the types of advertising innovations that I described earlier when we talked about real-time bidding. And then, of course, television or or TV shows, quote-unquote, that are watched over the top via uh, the internet or are even viewed in in what uh, may be considered by some to be more traditional web settings, the real-time bidding's already reached those platforms. Okay. So targeted advertising is common to TV. And in the new technologies uh, chapter, which is the last chapter of targeted, we do quite a bit of coverage of that particular topic, profiling simul media which a gentleman named Dave Morgan uh, founded and is CEO of. And Dave's a a digital innovator, having uh, created one of the more successful advertising networks, sold it to AOL, and then, of course, started Simul Media, which is having great success with uh, television advertising now. Well, Mike, I'm sure a lot of our listeners would love diving even deeper into this. But of course, we have a limited amount of time, and that's why you wrote a book about it. So if they're interested, again, you can find Mike Smith's book. It's Targeted, How Technology is Revolutionizing Advertising and the Way Companies Reach Consumers. Uh, Mike, I did want to ask you here, final question to a little bit wrap up of the conversation we've had. And I understand there are going to be variables for this question. Maybe you can touch on those a little bit. But For an organization out there that would be listening and they're thinking about their strategies in terms of advertising, is there any kind of sweet spot or any suggestion you would have in terms of focusing on the TV side and even print and then you have the online portion or how much they're really putting into these areas? Is there any way to really break it down for someone to try to figure out where they fit into this realm, if you will? Well, I'll offer a few ideas and that's a fantastic question. The IAB, the Internet Advertising Bureau, does what I I think is a spectacular job of not only chronicling the developments, but offering useful uh, white papers and in-person get-together opportunities to learn more about this phenomenon. So I, I would suggest folks consider the IAB. Additionally, there's an online publisher that does a wonderful job of covering a lot of the topics we've discussed today called adexchanger.com. And I think Ad Exchanger does a wonderful job as well, very comprehensive. And they too produce very detailed white papers in addition to the daily articles and interviews that they cover. I, I would suggest those two resources. 
Well, that's great. I mean, again, appreciate you coming on and giving us a lot of this information. And then these resources at the end, I think, will help out those listeners who really want to look further into this. And again, for anyone listening, if you want to find out more of Mike Smith's thoughts, you can find his book, Targeted, How Technology is Revolutionizing Advertising and the Way Companies Reach Consumers. Mike, thanks again for coming on. I think a very interesting topic and I think something that people, of course, will learn more and more about as we move into the future. So thanks for coming on and sharing a little bit of your knowledge today. Tim, thank you. And thank you so much to your listeners. I'm grateful. Once again, that's Mike Smith. He is a vice president at Hearst Magazine's Digital Media and also former president of Forbes.com. So obviously plenty of experience and know-how in this area as a whole. If you'd like to get in touch with us, maybe have feedback for this show or an idea for a future topic, go ahead and send us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also find us on Twitter at the LJN. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later.